Welcome to Firefox News Online, America's number one internet radio and internet video broadcast. The rules are very simple. No personal attacks, threats, or hate speech will be tolerated at any time. If you commit to these acts, you will be removed from the chat room. And if we're using a phone line, the same rules apply. Also, bear in mind that this is a roundtable discussion format. So please, no cross-talking during the broadcast. And finally, the views and opinions that will be expressed in this broadcast are that of the host and those who call in and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of anyone else or this broadcasting service. The use of media materials is protected by the Fair Use Clause of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purposes of commentary, criticism, and education. Firefox News Online Productions and its news division adhere to the criteria of the Fair Use Clause 100% across the board. And now, on with tonight's broadcast. Under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And now, America, it is time for Talking Points. The views and opinions expressed in Talking Points are that of the host and the host alone, and do not reflect the views and opinions of anyone else for this broadcasting service. Tonight in my Talking Points, the Virginia Gun Rally. Now, the media tried to make it out to be this terrifying situation where violence would break out and so forth and so on. They even invoked white nationalists in their comments And, uh, well, let's see, no violence broke out. And uh, as far as white nationalists are concerned, I don't think there was any there. Do you? Look, I am so sick and tired of the way the media portrays law-abiding gun owners. It is sickening. It is depraved. It is indicative 
of the kind of apathy that they try to promote. It is the worst thing that CNN, MSNBC, and many of the liberal-leaning, lamestream media bozos have put out there. It is, to me, a very distressing situation when gun owners are made out to be the bad guys, when legal, law-abiding gun owners are promoted as being evil gun owners. It is terrible when governors like Northam make gun owners out to be criminals. It really is a sickening situation. And what really bothers me about this in general is how they, the criminals that actually get guns on the streets illegally, are able to get away with it time and again ad infinitum. Well, got a little something for you to think about, America. Got a little something for you to consider. You know, I've said this on the broadcast many times, and it bears repeating. If these governors were so worried about guns, 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 well, then why the hell don't they get off their ass, put money where their mouth is, and go after the illegal gun sales that happen every single day in our communities nationwide? Wow, there's an idea, Governor Northam of Virginia. There's an idea right there. You didn't even consider the possibility that that might actually help. More gun legislation on the books, no matter what state it may be, is only going to hurt the legal gun owners. When New York State passed the New York SAFE Act in 2013 in the dead of night with no public input and absolutely zero debate, it became the most ridiculous, asinine, foolhardy maneuver that the legislature assembly, and governor could ever have done. We look at what happened in Virginia, and we look at the way the media portrays legal gun owners, not just in Virginia, not just in New York, but in any state where there is a liberal governor in power. Now, if you want my honest opinion, and that's all you're going to get here, it's really quite simple. Gun owners need to stand up and start speaking out vocally. They need to stand up. And at the time when their governor's race is happening, when it's time to vote their legislatures, it's time for change. Now, I'm going to speak directly to gun owners in northern and western New York State, who the last two governor's races decided to vote for somebody completely off the rails and not even remotely capable of winning the election. The Republican Party put up Rob Astorino and people north and west of where I live in Dutchess County decided they were going to vote for somebody else because as far as they were concerned, anyone who lives in Dutchess County and south of it are rhinos. Well, First of all, let me just say to you, I am not a Republican. I have never been a Republican. I vote Republican, but I am an independent, and I am a conservative, and I am pro-Second Amendment. And, there's another and, folks, I am also a law-abiding legal gun owner. I own a rifle. Now, what does that mean? 
It means that I have an awesome responsibility, a very awesome responsibility, one that cannot be taken lightly, one that for nearly two years I have taken this responsibility with great pride because I firmly believe in what the Second Amendment says, and I take it at its word. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now let me break that down into two parts. The first part, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Who is the militia? Well, when the framers wrote this as part of the Bill of Rights, and ultimately it became the Constitution, it was written because we the people are the militia. That's right. We the people are the militia. That's the way the framers intended it. That's what they meant by that first half. Now let's look at the second half. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's really quite self-explanatory when you think about it. Now, I'm not a constitutional lawyer. I'm not a constitutional scholar. I'm just an American with a brain. And here's the way I see it. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed means, quite simply, and I believe this is what the framers, our founding fathers, believed it to mean, that no law, no law shall infringe upon the constitutional right of the American people to keep and bear arms. Now, of course, there are those who look at the weapons that are out there today, obviously, you know, AK-47s, AR-15s, Uzis, MAC-10s, so forth. The Founding Fathers never anticipated that. But let's keep this strictly to the reality, that when you talk about the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, it means it literally. So for every state that has written a gun control law, passed it, put it on the books, you need to remember how unconstitutional your laws may very well be. And in many cases, they are. Governor Cuomo here in New York and the legislature failed to even acknowledge that reality. That reality stares us in the face every single day. To the people of Virginia who stood in that rally today, the legal gun owners, I stand with you. We are the militia. We the people. That is what the first half of the Second Amendment is all about. You, me, and many legal gun owners have that awesome responsibility, one that the Democrats and the liberal left are always trying to take away from us. As someone says, our, we've lost our freedoms. I disagree. We haven't fully lost our freedoms, but if we do nothing to fight for them, if we don't stand up and do what's right by telling these elected officials 
they're dead wrong for putting gun control laws on the books that infringe upon our Second Amendment rights, then we are no better than those who would accuse us of being nothing more than evil gun owners. I know you didn't want to hear that, but quite frankly, it's reality. Let's face it, folks. Wherever you live in America today, you have an awesome responsibility if you're a legal gun owner. Make your voices heard. Do what is necessary to protect your gun rights. Help us help each other. Let us all work together to make sure that our Second Amendment rights are protected. And I say to the National Rifle Association and all pro-gun organizations across America, if you're not fighting the good fight to protect our gun rights, what are you doing? If you say it's costly to fight the good fight, well then, you know what? Maybe you need to look at that and say, a GoFundMe account would help. Maybe even a PayPal account where people can donate money so that we the people, we the legal gun owners of America can have some kind of dog in the fight. Whether it's a big dog, a little dog, or a medium-sized dog, it doesn't matter the size of the dog in the fight as long as the dog in the fight has a loud enough bark that's all that matters. Finally, I want to conclude my talking points with this final item. Tomorrow, the beginning of the impeachment trial in the Senate. Senator Chuck Schumer has been very vocal, as has many Democrats, about witnesses, documents, so forth. You know what? It's time for the Democrats to stop trying to control the Senate trial and start listening to we the people. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell laid down the rules, opening the door for a vote on witnesses and documents. It begins tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. I have a feeling, a good feeling deep down, President Trump will be acquitted and that he will go on to win in November. Democrats who voted for impeachment If their seats are up for grabs, vote them out. America, the Democrats have done the American people a disservice. It's time to send a message, a very big message. Hashtag FFNOP, hashtag FFNOP. Trend this broadcast all over the globe on social media right now. And with that having been said, it is now time, as always, for the rest of the story. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Firefox News Online. Go back to this show, Mike. I know you were over there.
I remember when Mary Lou said you want to walk me home from school. Well, I said, yes, I do. She said, I don't have to go right home, and I would like to be alone some if you would. I said, me too. And so we took the stroll, wound up down by the swimming hole, and she said, do what you want to do. I got silly and I found a frog in the water by a hollow log, and I shook it at her, and I said, this frog's for you. She said, I don't like spiders and snakes, and that ain't what it takes to run. All right. So anyway, I'm sitting here uh, thinking about what I said in my talking points. And, you know, I I left something out. And that is, you know, politicians have a – politicians actually have an advocate in their corner. A guy named, you know, a guy over a show called Crazy Nation Radio. That's their advocate. If you didn't know that by now. And yes, Iran, I know you you were playing my show. Don't do it again, you asshole. What the fuck is going on here? Anyway. A trial where there's no evidence, no existing record, and no new evidence, no witnesses, no documents. That isn't a trial at all. It's a cover-up. And the American people will see it for exactly what it is. Furthermore, Senator McConnell's resolution states that key facts be delivered in the wee hours of the night simply because he doesn't want the American people to hear them. Plain and simple. And there's a provision that would even... Is there is there any doubt why why people move to places like Florida and well, it, well income tax doesn't change. California, that's federal. That, like income that. tax is no federal, bro. State income tax. It, no income tax is state. It, it's federal. That we ain't talking about that income tax. The only thing states can get you for is personal property tax. You're listening to a show that. That's the motherfucker nationwide. Well, anyway, I'll play a clip here real quick. I wouldn't even call it a show. Anyway, check this out. 
Gun rights supporters gathered in huge numbers today in Richmond, Virginia. They're protesting a wave of gun control measures being proposed by the newly elected Democratic majority in the state. William Brangham is in Richmond. Today, Nick Schifrin will talk with him from the scene in a bit, but first, William has this report. They've started gathering before dawn. They've come on charter buses from every corner of the state and beyond. Thousands and thousands of gun rights supporters coming to Virginia's capital. Governor Ralph Northam, citing violent threats from out-of-state militias, banned all firearms from the capital grounds. But outside that area, many exercised the rights they've come here today to protect. I don't want the government taking my rights, my liberty, my God-given rights to protect myself. We must be vigilant. Democrats swept the last election, winning control of the Virginia State House for the first time in over 25 years. Well, now I know why things are the way they are in life. Anyway, so if Governor Northam thinks he's going to, uh, you know, really push the gun owners into submission, he's got another thing coming. But what I don't get is why people don't fight back in other states that are having issues with gun control bullshit from the liberal left. Because people have access to guns. And there are too many guns that are readily... I mean, I've, I've seen it all. When the Democrats won and made all those... I've seen all kinds of dumb shit. <laughs> and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what's going on. But the left has a problem. They have a definite problem. And it's called stupidity. I mean, I've seen stupidity all my life. I've seen it from all kinds of folks. And what really gets me is They think they're actually very smart when they're actually not so smart at all. I got to think about this when I was recording my talking points today. I don't know. Maybe it's just my imagination. But uh, I know from personal experience dealing with politicians, and maybe, just maybe, there's a catch-22. So, I don't know. I get the distinct impression that having dealt with politicians at different times in my life, you know, they think we're all idiots, that we're all stupid. But, well, yeah, there are stupid people out there. I know at least one person who's, in, you know, who probably thinks I'm not not very bright. That I don't recognize 
kind of idiocy that goes on in politics or in life or believes I should buy into conspiratorial bullshit, you know. I mean, I figure like this. There are people out there who spew other people's conspiracy theories. That's why I don't really welcome that kind of shit on my on my show. And there's a reason for that. And of course, there are people who actually think that I'm not, you know, listening to them when I actually am. I listen. And then there are people who have the the balls to actually play my show on theirs when they don't have the permission to do it. Like I'm listening to it right now. Surprise, Ron. I've got your show on my bedroom computer. Anyone listening to Crazy Nation Radio play a cop playing somebody else's uh, broadcast when they don't have permission to do it? You do realize he's doing that to be spiteful, rude, and inconsiderate. Percent for many of the measures that the Democratic legislature is proposing here. So we heard one set of voices against gun control, but Virginia voters have been polled. They also support gun control. Nick. William, in the lead-up to today, as, as you know, there were concerns about violence, even insurrection, and yet it seems like the day is ending peacefully? That's right. Uh, as far as we could tell, there was no violence whatsoever today, and of course everyone is glad to hear about that. As you saw in our tape piece, there were an enormous amount of militia members here, heavily armed, armed to the teeth, really. Many of those militias are uh, behaving... Anyway, I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put up a song for a while. Put up some music. Actually I got a better idea. Not music. Might as well do something. Let's see here. 
spoken with. These are... Well, let's see here. Or home title. Damn. All right. There'll be some dead air for a second, folks. Tell you what, folks, I'm going to put something out there that uh, will take up a little time. And here it is a little something. Communicate to the provisional government. Tell them some reckless colonists in the demilitarized zone blew up the Bakhmur. There's no further threat of Cardassian reprisals to Bejo. I advise all of our outposts to stand down. Sir, are we facing the prospect of war here? Not if I can help it. But that's what the colonists are after. I don't think they know what they're after, Major. I just know they have to be stopped. And it's Starfleet's job to stop them. Sir, I know this is none of my business. But you're going to give me your opinion anyway. I don't know what the Cardassians told you. They played a confession of the man who planted the bomb. A man they most likely tortured to death. And you don't think you might be playing into their hands? I've got people out there killing people, Major. You suggest I turn a blind eye to that? So they don't have a right to defend themselves? They've crossed the line. If Starfleet is unwilling to defend their people... And they chose to live with the Cardassians. Well, I didn't. But I lived with them for 26 years before the liberation came. Every Bajoran lived with them in constant fear. I know what those colonists are going through. Most of all, I know that the Cardassians can't be trusted to keep their side of the bargain in this treaty. So, you'd suggest the Federation not keep our side of the bargain either, perhaps by arming these colonists? I can tell you one thing for certain. The Cardassians are the enemy, not your own colonists. And if Starfleet can't understand that, then the Federation is even more naive than I already think it is. I've been sent to relieve you. There must be some mistake. I just reported for duty an hour. Sorry to disturb you, sir, but there's a message here from Commander Sisko. We have been asked to escort you to Airlock 11, sir. A Cardassian freight has just arrived. Enjoy the following audio broadcast while I take care of some necessary equipment needs. We'll be back momentarily. I hope Crazy Nation Radio is enjoying this. Where's Commander Sisko? 
comfortably sleep in his quarters, I hope. I take it we're not about to board a Cardassian freighter. Kidnappings and a ship exploding in the course of a week. Sure, they've got a few things to say. It's their own fault. I've been warning them since the beginning. What are you talking about? Their fault. But you're in charge of security. If you will let me be in charge of security, I will give you a safe station. You people who tell me to do my job and give me a Federation rule book listing all the things I can't do. Untie my hands before you start to blame me, Mr. O'Brien. I'm sure no one meant to blame you, Odo. Give me the right to set a curfew. Let me do more searches of arriving passengers. Give me 50 more deputies. And the station will be just the way it was during the occupation. Say what you like. It was safer then. Unless you happen to be the charge. I want a complete review of all security measures on board this station. I'll be delighted to accommodate you. What do we have from the guard? He's given us a description of the two who assaulted him. A Vulcan female and a human male in a Starfleet officer's uniform. We're trying to locate anyone they might have contacted here. How many ships left the station during the night? Only two, sir. Bartesian merchant ship and a Galador freighter. What were their destinations? The Bartesians went through the wormhole. The freighter is operating on a trade route between Galador II and Ferius Prime. I'm guessing these people wouldn't take the cut through the wormhole. They'd head back to the demilitarized zone with him. Dax. Check the Gullador ship's registry and make sure it's in order. Chief, see if you can identify its warp signature from my sensor records. No problem, Commander. I've got it. Last known course. The computer's showing it was on a bearing 216 mark 177. As it left our sensor range, it was still heading for Farius Prime. Major, send a message to Farius Prime. If that ship shows up, and I doubt that it will, I want to know it right away. I could send the warp signature out over subspace. You could make it a general transmission. If it changes course, someone should spot it. Do it. It's a phony. The Galadorans don't have any ships in this sector. The registry is forged. Doctor, Major, you're with me. Odo, send a message to Commander Hudson at the Volan Colony that I'm moving in this direction on the assumption that Dukat will be taken to the demilitarized zone. Give him the warp signature of the ship. Aye, sir. Commander. We just received a general subspace transmission from somewhere in the demilitarized zone. A group there is taking credit for the kidnapping of Dukat. They're calling themselves the Marquis. Transmit their last known coordinates and heading to his chief. Acknowledged. Let us know if anyone else picks up their signature. Aye, sir. Brian out. Is that a new course, Major? Sir. Your heading takes them to Badlands. Badlands? It's a stretch of the Cardassian border. Ships try to avoid a lot of plasma storms in the area. Few ships have been lost there in the past year or two. 
Sounds like a perfect place for a hideout. Excuse me, sir. What do you plan to do if we catch up with them? After all, these Marquis are Federation colonists. We're going to get gold to cut back by any means necessary. Even if we have to fire on our own people? Long-range sensors are picking up the warp signature. Leads to an M-class asteroid. Take us there. Scanning the surface. I've located the ship. Those are human life signs. Is there a Cardassian among them? No, sir. Prepare to beam down. you had no trouble finding us, Finn. It seems that one disaster after another keeps bringing us back together again. Last time on Deep Space Nine. A number of admirals at Starfleet Command are worried the destruction of the Bachnor might jeopardize the treaty. Oh, are they really? As the two ranking officers along the Cardassian border, we've been asked to assess the potential risk. I wish to procure weapons. Thank you, Martin. Guns, phaser banks, photon torpedoes, troop transports, and a number of cobalt thorium devices. You're a gunfighter? I'm here unofficially to help you find out the truth about the Bachnor. Why would you want to help me? Because I already know the truth. I've got people out there killing people, Major. You suggest I turn a blind eye to that? So they don't have a right to defend themselves? They've crossed the line. If Starfleet is unwilling to defend their people... And they chose to live with the Cardassians. Well, I didn't. But I lived with them for 26 years before the liberation came. Every Bajoran lived with them in constant fear. I know what those colonists are going through. <laughs> We just received a general subspace transmission from somewhere in the demilitarized zone. A group there is taking credit for the kidnapping of Dukat. They're calling themselves the Marquis. I'm glad to see you had no trouble finding us, Ben. It seems that one disaster after another keeps bringing us back together again. And now for the conclusion. You should have seen the look on your face when you saw me standing there, Ben. I hardly recognized you without your uniform. Well, it's been feeling a little tight lately. Just like that. It's just a uniform, Ben. Is that all it is? I remember when you first put it on. Yeah. Graduation day at the academy. We both swore that we'd be starship captains by the time we were 30. And admirals by 40. Yeah. I think we've both done pretty well for ourselves. Yes, we have, haven't we? But now, I've got something better. These settlers, Ben, 
if you saw all they have accomplished without any help from the Federation, then you'd fight along with them. I don't think so. They've traveled out here to the back of the beyond and built homes out of the wilderness. Now, maybe the Federation can turn their backs on them, but I can. I'm not asking you to. But you're joining the Marquis and helping anyone. Your actions have only endangered the treaty and put millions of lives at risk. The Federation believes that it can solve every problem with a treaty. But out here, on the frontier, without the power of the Federation to back them up, a treaty is only a piece of paper. Do you have evidence that the Central Command has violated the treaty? Not yet, but we will. If you're depending on Gold to cut for proof, you're going to be disappointed. We'll find out, won't we? I want him back, Cal. Anyway, I figured I'd just play a little Star Trek, you know, to fuck with somebody. I mean... He's fucking with me. I'm fucking with him. I'm not mad. Hell, the only thing it, it goes, the only thing it proves is, you know, we, we can fuck with each other all, all the time. I don't know. Maybe it's just my imagination, but you know. Anyway, I got a show to do. I got things. I, I got, I got. Uh. uh I've got stuff to, I've got stuff that I got to put out there. Now, here you have now to get into the nitty-gritty of the show now that I've had my fun. <laughs> I mean, it's just you know, I got to have a little fun in this life. Otherwise, what's the point of getting out of bed in the morning? So, anyway, I simulcast my stuff. I mean, fucking with him about permission. <clears throat> I mean, it's just a you know, just a just a gotta have my gotta have some some twisted fun. That's all it is for me, twisted fun. If you don't if you don't mess with somebody at least once in a blue moon, you you know you're not you're not having any fun. So anyway, getting back to the nitty gritty of the situation. Uh, that's been going on in this country, uh, as everyone's well aware. Tomorrow, the uh, impeachment trial is going to start, and this is going to be an interesting situation because a lot of people are under the under the impression, okay, and this is this is what you know a lot of people are getting tired of. They're getting tired of the. Uh, the insanity that that's coming out of Washington anymore. I mean, holy shit! If you start if you start listening to uh, if you listen to Washington, to some of these Washington screwballs like uh, Schumer and everything, and, and let me let me go back tonight. I'm gonna play that clip again of Chuck Schumer. Um, because honestly, uh, I started to play it and then I stopped, but I'm going to play the whole thing 
Now, this was Senator Schumer earlier today, and this whole thing is is starting to sound like a loony bin society, you know? A trial where there's no evidence, no existing record, and no new evidence, no witnesses, no documents. That isn't a trial at all. It's a cover-up. And the American people will see it for exactly what it is. Furthermore, Senator McConnell's resolution states that key facts be delivered in the wee hours of the night simply because he doesn't want the American people to hear them. Plain and simple. And there's a provision that would even allow the limited 24 hours he's allowed over two days to be cut off. Third, Leader McConnell, third, Leader McConnell's resolution makes it much harder to get witnesses and documents after the arguments are heard. We will be able to force votes on witnesses and documents before his resolution is adopted tomorrow. And we will. But they have all said, so many of the senators, let's hear the arguments and then we'll decide on witnesses and documents. McConnell throws language in that makes that much harder to happen. And finally, the Clinton resolution allowed for dismissal only after arguments were heard. This resolution allows for dismissal at any time. So this resolution is, is totally departing from the Clinton resolution in significant ways, despite what Leader McConnell promised. And in the ways it departs, the evidence is less available, the evidence is given in the wee hours of the morning, and may never be produced at all. It is a cover-up. It is a national disgrace. Impeachment is one of the few powers that Congress has when a president overreaches. To so limit impeachment and often and make it so less serious is so, so wrong. We will fight that tooth and nail. We hope that four brave Republicans will resist McConnell's cover-up, will resist McConnell just going along with President Trump, who everyone knows doesn't want the truth to be heard, and that they will reverse this. The fate of honor in the Republic is on their shoulders. I'll take just a few questions because i got to catch a train. Hmm? I uh, we, well, tomorrow, before the resolution is adopted, we will be able to introduce amendments, and we will introduce a whole series of amendments for witnesses, for documents, and other ways to straighten out what McConnell has done and make it a real trial with evidence, witnesses, and in ways that the American people can hear it. I don't think it, look, what makes it hard for Republicans to jump ship is their fear of President Trump. Many of them know how wrong President Trump's actions were, and many of them will see this and see it for what it is. McConnell promised over and over again, senators repeated over and over again, we're going to follow the Clinton model. This departs from the Clinton model in many very significant and very important ways in an effort to cover up. Tomorrow at this time, 
uh, we will be debating witnesses and evidence, uh, witnesses and documents on the floor of the Senate and the ability to allow them to be produced. Thank you, everybody. Okay. So, Senator Schumer, again, usually is less likely, you know, he's always long-winded, you know, he's always long in the tooth, and because he had to catch train, uh, he... This only lasted, what, maybe four minutes tops, what you just heard? <laughs> what gets me is here's a guy who, you know, is probably about as sharp as a dull knife. You know, seriously, he's, he's, he's very, he's quite boring, in fact. I don't know, maybe it's just my imagination. But you know, I I I I I understand why Schumer's acting the way he is because the Democrats have this very deep seated need to want to be in control. They want to be in power. So here we have Schumer acting like he's Mr. Big Shit, as usual. But it stands to reason you know, I mean Schumer, he's kind of like, he's kind of like, I don't know, he kind of reminds me of, you know, the way Pelosi is right now. I mean, well, all Democrats are, are the same. They 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 act, you know, what uh, they act like what the big cheese, the big cojones. They but they don't have any. They don't have the power they that they once wanted. You know, and to a Democrat, power is everything. That's what it comes down to. Power to them is everything. Oh, claiming like copyright crap and you know stuff like that. But that's what was happening with those guys on. I mean, it's to me, it's 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 insanity. That's what it is. It's sheer, unadulterated, pure grade A bull. 
but that's what it comes down to. It's it's nonsense. See, Democrats, they remind me I put this. They remind me of how did I put this? They remind me of a dirty diaper. They're always full of shit. That's what Democrats are. They're always full of shit. And the way I figure it is this. Democrats probably haven't got the brains God gave them in the first place. So, you know, Democrats need to grow up from the neck up. That's what I keep telling people. And it's it's retarded. I don't know. Maybe maybe the Democrats, you know, maybe they need somebody like Ron Reck to speak for them, you know, because he's you know he he's just like them on a power trip. <laughs> no, I should say that. That's 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 not fair. That's not fair. You know, everybody, you know, everybody that's that's ever tuned into the show knows that I will not I will not let Democrats get away with anything. Seriously, I won't. But at the same time too, I you know, I run a tight ship. And I have to. I don't put the rules up that I do because, you know, I I'm I'm a I'm on a power trip. Fuck that. I do it to protect the people that tune into my broadcast. And anyone who's been listening to my show for years knows what I do. But the Democrats would rather we didn't have any rights whatsoever. That's their power trip. Thank you. 
The Democrats just learn from their own playbook. I will fight. I will fight you to the death. So you know, in the distance. That's what. Right. What's that, honey? You're going the distance. Oh yeah, I'll go the whole distance. I got enough time on my hands. You know, mm-hmm. I'm. Mean, I could really, if I really want to make George's fucking life miserable, I could really fucking do it. I know more shit about George than George thinks I know about him. I can send you guys some emails. Some people send me emails about George. They'll blow your fucking mind. So you know what I mean? Don't fuck with me. I'm armed. I'm fucking armed with the arsenal shit I've collected over years. I've known George Sensor for over ten years. Ten years we've been doing this shit, you know? I think George remembers me back when I did fucking Perry Steele show. When I did Perry Steele yeah. show, that was the number one show on BTR, the number one. When me and Antoinette took that show, when Perry took off for about three months, me and Antoinette took all that motherfucker. Uh-huh. When I became the host of that show, that was the most popular show on BTR. Number one for three fucking months. You couldn't stop me, you know? I was strictly fucking dangerous. I mean, that motherfucker, you, you get in that show is good luck. It was just good luck get answered. The phones come up for you. It was insane. Now, of course, there are those who are, you know, in the Democratic Party. Getting back to what I was saying. I mean, Democrats probably have the same the same mentality as those who you know who suffer from delusions of grandeur. You know, you know a lot of people a lot of people are under the impression that, that I don't like Ron for what he does and everything else, and and then I get I get pissy money with him. There are some things that you know that I get pissed off about, and you know, I do get vocal, but that's me. I always get vocal. But Democrats get even more vocal. They're worse than than me or anybody else on 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 internet broadcasting. You know, everybody and their brother, you know, needs to know that Democrats will not. They 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 don't want to stop. That's why they went with this impeachment nonsense. But tomorrow's trial is going to be more or less a circus.
Everybody wants to be somebody. You know? And Somewhere along the line, I get the distinct impression that Democrats, like anyone else who has nothing else better to do with their time, is sorely lacking in the social graces. Look, I may not be what everybody wants, and I can get that. In fact, I, I, I understand there are some folks that find my show dull. Well, I'm sorry. But I've been on the air for over 12 years, and people have, you know, gotten used to the kind of person that I am. But I'm not a Democrat either. I don't sit back and, and, and tell people, you know, I don't tell people you're gonna, you know, this is you're gonna, you know, this is this is uh, the law the way it's written, and we're taking away your rights and so forth and so on. Democrats are famous for doing that, but they don't come out in those words and say it. You know, somebody once said to me. You know, I should let some uh, let a person back on my show. And the reason I do some of the things that I do is because, you know, I've, I've had people over the years tell me how to run my show, that I should do this with my show, that I should do that with my show. You know, I'm not going to tell somebody what they should do with their show. That's not my place. You know? Nor am I going to nor am I going to even attempt to do that. It would be rude. Now I blow my stack on occasion, I will admit. And sometimes my temper gets the better of me. Democrats, they boil over. They're worse than me. Seriously, they're worse than me. And I remember, you know having a situation on my show, this is why I developed the, some of the rules that I do. I had two women come on my show back in 2009 that damn near blew my show to smithereens with their, with, with their argument that they brought from another show. And I'll mention them on the air. I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and not say who they were, 
uh, Deborah J.M. Smith, and uh, a woman that went by the nickname D.C. Diva. Now, I got nothing but love for D.C. Diva. She's a, she, you know, she's a sweet person. God knows, you know, she's a, you know, she was always very nice. But when the two of them, when her and Deborah J.M. Smith decided to go at it, that's when I started developing a lot of the rules and fine-tuning the rules of this broadcast. And, and it's rules meant to protect the listeners and this show, not to take away a person's free speech rights. There are certain things I will not let get put on the air because I don't want my show getting dragged down in the mud. And I try to explain that to people. You know, because if I do that, then I'm no better than a Democrat. Seriously, I'm no better than a Democrat. And for me, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a question of, you know, being true to oneself. I don't, I don't run my show the same way everyone else does. And I have to do it that way so to differentiate from everybody else. If every show was exactly the same, nobody would tune into anything. That's the way I look at it. But I try to explain that to people, and nobody wants to hear it. Oh, you should run your show. You should do this with your show. You should do... Like prime example, when somebody tells me I need to change the opening music. No, I don't. I like it the way it is. Simple. You know? But I point this out to, to show you why Democrats and Republicans are so diametrically opposite. So let me explain how that, how that came out, how that come to that conclusion. Republicans and Democrats are diametrically opposites. Democrats are on a power trip. They want power. They want to control everything we do. Me, I just want to, I just want to make, a, make a level show so that it's simple, clean, cut, done. And most people, you know, get pissed off at me because I do it that way. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but that's not my problem. If you don't like the way I run my show, then that pro- that's your problem, not mine. I'm not going to... I'm I'm not going to try and explain it any better than this. So when it comes to the Democrats and Republicans, the best way I can describe it is using my show analogy. I could use any analogy, but the show is is simple. All right. First of all, Democrats want to take they want to control your guns. They want they they don't want the American people to have guns. Why? Here's the reason why, because they don't, they don't, because they know the Second Amendment is clear cut about going against a tyrannical government, which is what the Democrats want, but they won't admit to it. So me, when it comes to certain things like threats, hate speech, personal attacks, I look at it this way. I will not let that kind of stuff fly on the show. I do it to protect the people, not just the show. 
And if a person can't understand that, then that's on them. Apply the same logic to the Democrats. They want to control, they want gun control, gun control, and more gun control. So they figure, like that Governor Northam in Virginia, he wants, he doesn't want anybody to have a gun. Wow. Go figure. And I've got Stevie calling in on the line. Hello, Stevie. Hello. Well, you're about the only person here. That and the guest. Well, it's nice to be here. I listen to you on my drive home. Well, you're probably about the only person that, that, that feels that way. I've got somebody that I, I've got. Uh, Ron Rex pissed off at me. Because I blew up last night on his show. Well, I was fucking with him, but he still doesn't get that. Are you mad at you? So, Ron Rex, you know, Crazy Nation Radio. Oh. Yeah, he. I. I. I had. I. I. I, try, I kept. Tell, I kept saying to him, to you know, to get rid of all the the other uh, Skype accounts that I don't use because he keeps calling the wrong ones. And then when he when he calls me calls me on Skype, he calls my cell phone, and I keep telling him, don't do that, because you're you're calling my cell phone, and my cell phone is either on the charger or. If I remember to do it, I turn it off altogether, so I don't get yeah. interrupted on the show. But basically, you know, he, he's 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 having a hissy fit against me, and you know, no one else is here tonight. You're the only one here. Well, everybody's his reaction over the him and not you. So. Well, he, he 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 said that he was going to do a show tonight to spite me, basically. Well, I, I saw did. him get online. Like I got I got the notification of it, and I was like, all right, whatever. Um, you know, but I was at work, so. But you see where I came. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean I've got nothing against the guy. I don't. I was just you know I just like well, fucking no. with him. You know. But okay, so. But you, took it you, I mean. Yeah, and I mean you weren't like what the fuck are you doing? I mean, you just told him call this one, not any of the other ones. And if he got upset about it, that's on him. Yeah, but it's more than just that. I was, I was, I was in a in a foul mood to begin with, and I kind of, exp- I kind of blew up at him. But he should, he should be used to that by now. He's known me long enough. Yeah. Even on this show, there are times when I, when I, when my temper, you know, kicks in. But I've been on the air for over twelve years, 
And people have come to realize, hey, that's the way George is. He has a temper. Yeah. We all have a temper. Oh, trust me, I blew up on my boss today. It was great. It Ooh. wasn't necessarily at her, and I like I made sure that she knew that it wasn't at her. <laughs> but it was the situation, and I was like, if they fucking want me to do this, they need to teach me the right fucking way to do it. Instead of coming back and being like, oh, you're doing this wrong. You're doing, well, I wasn't fucking trained to do it that way. And so I lost my shit. Just saying. Well, back when I was, uh, back when I was doing uh, night, night security, I remember being trained by the head honchos in the main office, okay, to do things a certain way. And then my field supervisor decided that's not the way you're going to do it, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, but your boss, who's also my boss, told us to do it this way. And that's what we do. Well, I was trained by one new nurse that still doesn't know half the shit that I already know. And I've been there a shorter amount of time than she has. But I got trained by her for three days and then got trained by another nurse for two days. But the stuff that is happening, I was never trained on. Hmm. And so I'm getting in trouble Well, you're not doing it right Nobody told me how to do it So how am I going to get in trouble For something that nobody told me how to do And then I get to bring up an accusation Uh We've got, do you remember me telling you about the, the resident that I had and her husband? I suspected him bringing in pain medication. Yeah. Okay. So the resident's husband is also friends with another one of the residents that's there. And he's not supposed to be drinking alcohol while he's on pain medication. So his son came in the other day and, like, cleaned his room out, and he fell again today, and he's got alcohol in his room again. Well, there's only one other person who has come to see him, and it's the previous resident's husband. Hmm. So I made that concern known, too, and I said, look, I'm not making accusations, but this is the only other factor and person that is coming to see him, so where's he coming up with apricot brandy? So I'm probably going to get in trouble for that shit, too. At this point, I'm just like, you know what? Fucking fire me. I'm done. So, 
I mean, I'm, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing and everything that I know how to do, and you're supposed to bring up concerns and stuff like that, but whenever you do, then you're just told, oh, oh, no, it's okay, that's not what it is, you know, you need to look over here instead of over there, like the whole democratic distraction technique. Wow. So, basically what it comes down to is your boss, if I'm understanding correctly, is giving you a ration of crap for doing the job the way you were taught to do. Yeah. Which makes no sense because you one would think that your boss would know that the way you were shown how well, to do the job is the right way to do it. The funny thing is, is my boss is newer than I am. Oh, oh boy. She don't know shit now, about nothing. Now that's... She started... She started wow. mid last month. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So basically, and 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 so, what kind of what what recourse do you have then in this situation? Walk away or deal with it. Because her boss is the family member of the gentleman that I'm thinking is bringing my other resident alcohol. Oh, shit. So if I bring that to her attention, then that's going after her family again. Oh, boy. Yeah. Sounds to me like you're in a catch-22 situation. Yep. Step back and just be like, all right, whatever. Or fight it and walk away. So needless to say, I put in like 10 different applications today. Yeah, because you're you're in a no-win situation by the sound of it. it really, that's that's what it sounds yep. like to me. Yep. It I is mean, what it is. Yeah. I mean, I've been in that. I've been down that kind of a road. Seriously, I used to work for a company called Burns International Security Service. Okay, and working for them, you you were shown a certain way of doing things. But when when your when your site supervisor is telling you to do it contrary to the way you're taught, and he's one of those supervisors that's very well liked in the company. You kind of get it. You're in a catch-22. Yep. So I ended up going to work for a different company. 
because this guy was looking to get rid of me anyway. Yeah. And in fact, in point of fact, he actually fired me. And he fired me because he colluded with the site with, with the uh, with the client representative who did not like me either because I did the job co- the correct way. Yeah. Even Which though more he, work on that. Yeah. But here's the thing. He knew I I knew how to do the job. But the site supervisor was telling him that I wasn't doing the job the way he instructed me to do. Basically, he was he was stating he was telling the client representative that I was not following in, I was not following instructions. And about a year after I was let go, I saw that same client representative. And that client rep and I had a conversation. And the client representative turned around and said, well, let me see now. He said that you didn't, you did not do the, do, do the, uh, the visual checks the way you were supposed to. And that you didn't document anything. I said, I'll tell you what, I've got copies of everything I documented. Would you like to see them? And he says, do you have them with you? I said, no, but I can go get them. I'll be back in half an hour. He goes, okay. So I went to, the, I went to my house, went into my file cabinet, grabbed the file folder, which was about two inches thick, and I plopped it down on his desk at, at his house. When he saw those, those, those documents, his eyes grew like grapefruits, and he was pissed. Did your job right? Yeah. Well, guess what? He didn't have to do anything because the company, Burns Security, fired the site supervisor anyway. Six, <laughs> six months after I was let go. Because I told the I told the supervisor I said, look, in less than five years, you're going to be gone. You'll you'll be out of a job. And how did I know that? I was checking out at BJ's wholesale and he was the cashier. And I looked him straight in the eye and I said, oh hey Captain Mays, oh I'm sorry you're not a captain anymore. And he, he could, I could see he was visibly pissed. And I said, yeah. sucks to be right. I said, I told you within yep. five years you would be fired from that job, and look where you are. Yeah. Have a nice day, Mr. Mays. He did not like me for it. And it was only a few months down the road that I ran into the client, the client representative, Showed him the documentation, like I was telling you. Oh, he he basically um, he basically you know just looked me straight in the eye and said, "Well, Don's not there anymore." I said, "Yeah, I know." 
I saw him at BJ's on as a cashier. The client representative didn't know where he ended up. When I told him that, he busted out laughing. He said, George, I wish I could get you back, but unfortunately, Don's, Don made you look like a complete incompetent fool. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, was unfortunate, but I got another security job making more money than I was making with Burns, and... I was doing. I was, and I and I had an easier job than when I was working for Burns, because I didn't have to work in a chemical plant. Where if a if a if if a if a caustic chemical line were to rupture, and I happened to be in that general vicinity, I could have gotten I could have gotten uh, very seriously injured. Yeah. So yeah. I ended up working and, and at a place. Make... It was a fish hatchery where they tested the there fish for the Hudson River. So, I made out better. I even had better benefits. Yeah. So. Well, and, and that's what I'm looking at, too. Like, everything that I'm applying for is Monday through Friday, you know, eight to five, like, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going for easier, one of them that I got, that I was looking at, more money, automatically, it's 20 minutes from the house, rather than over an hour, um, Uh, Stevie? Oh, Stevie. Yeah. There you are. You cut out for a Hold moment. Hold on. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. I went through a hole. <laughs> I went through a hole. Ye old dead zones. Gotta love them. You know, I'm, I'm, I really want this other job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It uh, now this other job is it, it, I take it it pays more. It pays more. Twenty minutes from the house. They buy my scrubs. They feed us lunch every day. I get my own desk. Like that's the one I want. Well, I hope you get it. I really do hope you get it. I'm I you know I, it's it sounds like 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 the gravy job. tired of being stressed, tired of being grumpy all the time, like, you know, it's it's just, mentally, I just can't continue to be in a place that I hate. Well, considering the situation you're dealing with, I can't say as I blame you wanting out. I, I can't. Yeah. I mean, to me, you know, if, if if the job you're doing, okay, 
is in a, in a with a company that treats you fair, pays you well, and offers you know certain you know decent amenities to you know in order to keep you there, so this way you don't go finding the greener pastures. Then that's 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 a that's a good deal, but if the job yeah. you're working with the skills that you have is detrimental to your career opportunities, then finding a place that one hopefully pays better, you know, offers better benefits, the whole nine yards. Uh, a lot of a lot of people are looking for that 401k and stuff like that, but. You know, it depends on you know it, 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 if if what you're looking at is better than what you got now. One can only hope that you know, yeah. that they they see the wisdom in hiring you, especially if you have years yeah. of experience in what they're looking for. Yep. And I'm honestly, I'm a very loyal worker. And, like, I'll put up with shit and I'll deal with shit, you know, whatever. People are being stupid, uh, you know. And, and, I'll, and I'll stay. But whenever it starts affecting my mental health, that's when I really have to take a deep look and be like, is this worth it? Because there's always another job. There's always another job. And and that's the thing. You, there's always going to be a, a, another job, hopefully, you know, that you'll be able to get. And you're able yeah. to to make out, you know, better than what you have currently. I mean, yeah. I, I worked for a company, okay, uh, Gleason Security. The job site was right in town. It was it was right at Peekskill Hospital, in fact, my hometown. And at the time, you know, the money was decent. The hours were good. But Gleason lost the contract eventually. You know, and I and where they wanted to send me was way too far out of out of the way for me to travel. And at the time I didn't have a car. So I had to go and find something else. That's when I went yeah. to work for Burns. But when I was working at the hospital, the doctors in the emergency room, the nurses, uh, the nursing staff on the floor, on the uh, on the floors, you know, they all liked me. They 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 thought the world of me for whatever. I don't know why. I mean, I, I was just a I was just basically a night watchman. You know. Didn't carry. I, I, it was a non-carry position, but I think what what cemented my position with them for as long for the length of time I was with them was the day that a kid strung out on drugs was brought into the emergency room and he was he was fighting everybody. Yeah. I mean, this kid literally fought everybody. He took a nurse and and shoved her all, away from him. She went. She went flying across the room, and the call came over the PA system. You know, the code. You know, 
for security to go to the emergency room. And I was on duty that when that happened, so I go I go in there, and I see this kid, you know, shoving the, the doctors and the nurses around, you know, because he was high on something. And yeah. I just walked right up to the kid, right up to the gurney, took my right forearm, slammed it right down into his chest, looked him straight in the eye with my eyes bulging wide open, and I said, you let these doctors and nurses do their job. Do you hear me? Because if you don't, you'll be dealing with me. Oh, you should have seen this kid's look in his eyes. He was yeah. petrified. You flipped a switch. He let them, and he let them work on him. Well, I told my, my supervisor what I did. I figured... Okay, I know I'm going to lose my job now because, you know, you're not supposed to put your hands on the patients and all that shit. But the doctors and nurses backed me up. They said, he did exactly what we needed. He came in and he, yeah. he, he protected us. And he got this kid to listen. Well, my reward for doing that was overtime, sitting in the, in the glass observation room just off to the side of the uh, ER, with this kid strapped down, and all I had to do was sit there and read a newspaper all, all damn night. Man, those good His repercussions. Mother was so grateful. His mother was grateful that I did what I did because he got the help yeah. he needed. I became known as the yeah. as 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 the as as the tough love security guard. It wasn't anything about well, self-love. And, and honestly, I heard he talked to the nurse, and I was like, no, you don't, because I happened to, I was, yeah. I happened to, to like the nurse that he was tossing around like a rag doll. Yeah. And the nursing supervisor, yeah. she was really glad that I did what I did. But, well, you know, saved it, her it, nurses. I think I think about what I did, you know, looking back on it. There are times when my temper can be a detriment, and sometimes it can be one hell of a lifesaver. Oh yeah. That's why I take no. That's why I make no apologies when I when I blow my stack on the air. You yeah. know, I don't make apologies for you know for for having a temper. I don't make apologies for being human. There's no point to that. Well, and, and honestly, like I'm five foot three, hundred and five pounds, soaking wet. But you know, and I'm usually very calm, cool, collected. Do I get mad? Yeah, but I usually just kind of, you know, hold it back, whatever. But I have, and it's huge, a huge red button. And when that button gets pushed, oops, that's it. God help. Um, Yeah, like no, we we went to we went out one night and you know a bunch of our friends were were all together and you know a lot of people were drinking so drinking and you know leads to usually some type of confrontation between somebody 
and somebody had said something about our friend's son. Now, mind you, this kid, I freaking love this kid, you know, and so his dad, drunk as all get out, lost his shit, and it's taking six of us, including his wife, to try and calm him down. Mark has him in a reverse bear hook. He's not listening to his wife. He's not listening to anybody else. And then his friend Nathan comes over and is like, come on, dude, like trying to antagonize him even more. Well, that's where my big red button kicked in. I don't know. You're trying to make the situation worse, and you need to fucking go away. He's 6'2", 6'3", and like I said, I'm 5'3". I don't care. And so he, like, bucks up, chest puffs out, you know, arms engaged to I'm trying to be big old freaking puffer fish. And he's like, who the fuck are you? And I said, that doesn't matter. You need to go away. We are handling this situation. And if you don't, then I will deal with you. So Mark's standing there, and this is in the beginning of our relationship, so he's not 100% sure of what's about to happen. So in his head, he's, do I let my friend go and go handle her in this situation, or do I keep a hold of him? Like, what do I need to do? And so Nathan and I had some choice words, and next thing I know, Nathan was just like, Whatever, and he walks away. I have no fear of men. With everything I've gone through in my life, you could be seven foot tall, 800 and whatever pounds, the Hulk, and I'd be like, all right, you're a big dude, but I don't care. Let's go. I'm not scared. Hello. Oh, sorry. I I must have turned on the wrong dial again. <laughs> well, my mother, oh, hello. my mother, check this out. My mother was five foot four, barely 110 pounds. Okay, and back when I was growing up, guy tried to steal her purse. Guy tried to steal her purse, and he got about half a block away from her and she caught up to him from a dead run. Got within inches of grabbing his jacket. He drops her purse. She picks it up. He didn't even have time to go through it. 
swings it over his shoulder and turns around and starts walking home. This guy did not expect this woman to come tearing after her. Oh, hell no. And, and they always look at the little women, like the, the short and the slender, and they like that's usually their target because they think these women can't fight back. And this guy found out, you don't mess with this. Because mom had a temper. I think this is where I got my temper from, really. Her face would turn red, as red as my shirt. Her eyes would bulge out, almost out of their sockets. And I kid you not there, Stevie, when she got like that in the house, she just pointed in the direction of my bedroom and if I didn't move fast enough, I knew I was in trouble. Well, she got like that with this purse snatcher. Apparently, he saw the look in her eyes and just dropped the purse and kept on going. Because <laughs> yeah. he was not yeah. to with that. Hell no. Well, that shit was like, and it's, oh, shit. It's funny because I I did that, that whole genealogy thing, like, you know, the, the saliva to figure it all out or whatever. And I'm like 76 or 78% English and like 17.8% Irish. But my physical traits are more Irish. My like behavioral traits are more Irish. And it, it's hilarious because there's, oh, you're so little and you're da 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 whatever. And one of my friends, Eric, he is a tall, slender, um, prior army, and he always picked on me. He's like, you're so tiny, and you're a little smurf, and whatever, and then he saw me get mad one night, and I defended myself. Even though there was a whole room full of men, I still handled the situation, and at the end of that, you know, we, we left mm. and, and went to go eat, and he looked at me, and he goes, you know what? You are no longer smurf. You are officially C4. <laughs> oh, and I looked at yeah. him, and I was like, what? And he goes, no, you're little, and I always called you a Smurf, but now your nickname is C4. And it didn't click in my head of what he was really talking about at that time. And so I still had this bum-fuzzled look on my face. And he's like, look. You know the saying, dynamite comes in small packages. I said, yeah. And he goes, you are more explosive than dynamite, which is C4. And I just looked at him, and I started laughing, and and he goes, you're a sweetheart until somebody messes with you. And then messing with you means messing with anybody that you care about. And I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, you, you hear the, the, the whole mama bear thing? If you mess with my mom, I go for blood. I don't care who you are. Even my dad. And my dad has learned this. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, yeah, it was last year. Um, so my dad is bipolar and schizophrenic, you know, so he was, 
was in one of his cycles, and uh, he can say some very mean things, and he's not meaning to be mean, but he doesn't go through the thought process, especially whenever he's elevated, and so he has said something, and so my mom, you know, locked herself in the room and crying, and so I'm dealing with my mom, and once I got her calmed down, I looked at him, and I said, you know what? I'm done, and I walked away, and he knew what that meant. If you mess with my mom, I'm done with you. I don't care who you are. And so when that happened, it took him about two days to to cycle back down and realize what all had happened. And uh, so we sat down and talked, and I said, look, you need to realize everything that mom does for you. And all of this was over laundry, and you started it. And you made my mom cry, and that's something we don't do. And he still is super careful about what he says to my mom now. Well, when it came, when it came when it comes to protecting one's mother, believe me, I think every every child does that. You know, um, one of the one of the, the one of the things that uh, I didn't have to worry too much about was mom needing protection. Because when she told me what happened, when she told me what happened with that purse snatcher, you know, she told that to me and my siblings. And it's like, we were like, ouch. But one of the, this guy in the neighborhood, you know, kept saying he was going, he was going, he was going to, he was going to hurt her. If she didn't do something to straighten me out, and at the time there was no reason to straighten me out about anything, you know, yeah. I was just a kid. And I mean, I was about seven. I was about sixteen, seventeen years old. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was a kid, but I wasn't quite a kid much anymore, you know. But when it happened, was this guy didn't know who I was. And I'm standing not more than two feet away from the guy. And he points right at my mother, talking to this other guy, and he says, that woman there, her, her kid needs, needs to be taught a lesson. So I'll make an example of, of her for him. I turn around, I grab the guy right by the jacket, slammed him into a telephone pole and I said, son, if you even attempt to hurt her in any way, there won't be a rock big enough for you to crawl under. Yep. And he looked at me and he goes, who the fuck are you? I said, I'm her son. The one you want to straighten out. <laughs> I let go and he took off running. The guy he told oh, yeah. that to looked at me and said, you mean you're the you're the kid that he wants straightened out? 
I said, I ain't a kid much anymore. My mother was standing right across the street about, I'd say, maybe a quarter of the way up the block. And she saw the way I, I nailed this guy. So I, I, the other guy just walked away nice and calm. He just he left it alone. I walked up the street, headed to the house. Mom looked over at me, came across the street, and all she did was give me a hug. Yeah. And then she went back over to the neighbor's house, you know, to talk to the neighbor. The next following day, that neighbor she went to talk to said, George, sit down here for a minute. I want to talk to you. And she told me what my mother said to her. She said, I am proud of my children. I'm proud of what my son did yesterday. He defended his mother. And the, the fact that he grabbed this guy and slammed him into a telephone pole and bounced his head off the telephone pole told me that he won't let anybody hurt his mother. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and I'm even like that with Mark, too. Um, you know, my kids, my parents, Mark, you know, his family. I mean, they're they're all people that are close to me. I, and I have a couple of friends that are that, you know, that way, too. And I really don't have many friends. I know I know a lot of people. But those are all the people that are included in that big red button. Yeah. So it will not be good. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, and I'm very protective. And it's, you know, and, and I know that they can handle themselves. I'm not saying that they're weak and, you know, they can't. But if I'm there... No, it's not. It, no, you're not going to disrespect them. You're not going to treat them. My cousin, my cousin, half, this is one. Half of my dad's, actually more than half, um, pretty much all of my dad's family, we have had to push out of our lives. And my cousin, drug addict, in a lot of trouble, you know, shows up. Now, mind you, his mom lives next door to my parents. And me and my youngest daughter were at my mom. So he shows up on the doorstep, drunk as a skunk, like drunk, bawling, crying. I need to talk to Wayne, which is my dad, you know. And so I'm like, okay, drunk family member on my porch, what's going on? So. My aunt is texting me, oh, there was physical assault, blah, 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 blah. She's giving me her side of the story. Well, I'm trying to calm him down, let my parents know what's going on. Well, through all of this, his mom disowned him. We kind of took him in to show him the right way. You know, if you get yeah. help, uh, we will help you. Stevie, just to let you know, Mark's on the line with us. Hi, honey. I'm being called honey and, now? Uh, no, the other Mark. Oh. Hey, baby, kip <laughs> All right, continue your – I'm not trying to interrupt. Continue your story. I'm, I'm joining late. I have some business to take care of. You're fine. 
and I'll bring the brisket in whenever I get home. Um, so, you know, we took him in and, and we told him, you know, you, you need to quit drinking, you need to quit doing the drugs and this, that, and the other, and we'll help you. And right. then, I like, I started to gradually notice before anybody else that he was back to drinking. And just by behaviors and the way that he was withdrawing and, you know, because he was going to church and, like, every Wednesday and every Sunday, and then he started falling off on Wednesday. And then he would miss a couple of Sundays. And then it was just, it was done. Well, then, you know, my mom had texted him and said, look, I, you know, this was the agreement. Either get back on track or we have to step away. Well, then he had posted something on Facebook for the world to see, talking trash about my mom. Again, you don't mess with my mom, family or not. So my mom handled it, you know, was like, all right, whatever, blocked him. Well, then I started reading what he had said, and I lost my shit. And I messaged him, and I said, look, we went above and beyond to help your ass out, and you're going to sit here and talk shit about my mom? I cannot fucking believe you. And then he started talking, you know, shit about me or whatever. Needless to say, that whole family is gone. We, We don't talk to them. We don't look at them. We don't. We're just done. So I, I've gotten really good, like, the people that I am close to, I'm close to them for a reason. Everybody else, I'm like, oh, hey, you know, whatever. Because I, I'm not going to let somebody in to mess with the people that I love. Well, when it, com- what it comes down to is, you know, when it comes to family, okay, and, and this is something that I've always believed. When it comes to family, all right, family should stick together. Family should be there to help one another. You know, family should do everything humanly possible to look out for one another. Does it happen in every family? No. When it comes to helping people that you can that you look up that you look at to as family, even though they're not blood family, you try and you try and help them if you can. You know? And I've done that over the years. You know, I've I've done that with a lot of people. And you know, I, I live by an, an old adage. Show someone a kindness and that kindness will come back tenfold. You know, so what I see happening is, you know, you do the best you can, but if somebody doesn't get it and they decide they're going to, you know, hassle a member of your family and and talk shit about them and, and treat them badly, you know, you can only take but so much before you finally have to tell that person, look, I don't know why you're treating this treating this member of my family the way you're doing, but it's going to stop. You need to you need to stop doing what you're doing right now 
because you hurt her, you hurt this family member, and it's gonna it's gonna be a problem. Exactly. Now, when I was living in my van and I was homeless, I didn't get help from my family. You know where I got help from? People outside my family. There was a there was a couple that took a big risk letting me stay on their couch on occasion. Because in their lease, it, you know, they, they weren't supposed to have overnight guests and shit like that. But they took the risk because it was wintertime and they didn't want me freezing half to death in my vehicle. They let me go to their house, you know, take a shower and stuff and, you know, get a, get a hot meal and whatnot. And, you know, anytime they needed my help with something, I was quick to say, sure. Like prime example, uh, this guy had to work, and the, and the same day he had to work, his wife had to go to Albany to a doctor's appointment. Well, he couldn't drive her, so he said to me, "George, would you be willing to do it?" I said, "Sure." Just point me in the right direction, and we're on our way. Well, she knew how to get there. So she was. She just showed, told me where, which way to go, and which turns to take, and all that good stuff. And I took her to Albany, and drove her back. And the reason I did that is because they showed me kindness. They showed they showed me concern. They they cared about what happened with me, and I could. And and for me to not do something nice for in return for, to them, would have been wrong. It would have been dead wrong. So I was like, hey, Albany, we're there. And we had and, and his wife and I, you know, we had a great conversation going up and coming back and we stopped for coffee on the way up and stopped for coffee on the way back and you know, we 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 just, you know, it was just cool. And the next day to show their gratitude, they had me over for dinner. I'm like, folks, you've done more than, than more than enough already. I was happy to do this. And they were like, George, we just feel we, we, we wanted to show our gratitude, you know. And, and that's how it should be, you know. That's how it really should be, you know. And what I find very helpful is when I see parents raising their kids, you know, the, the right way, teaching them right from wrong, you know, making sure they understood that, you know, you, you treat people the way you want to be treated, you know. And I had this one neighbor here when I first moved into the complex. They've since moved away. But this family, nice family, very, you know, very, 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 very polite and everything. I was just moving in. You know, I was new to the area. I didn't know anybody. And they 
introduce themselves. And they said, if you, if you, if you need anything, just sing out. Well, I didn't ask for anything. Well, about two weeks after being in the house, I get a knock on the door. And the lady that knocked on the door had this gigantic casserole. She said, my husband and I felt that, you know, you're new to the area. You, you probably haven't really settled in too well yet. But we thought we'd welcome you, with, you know, with this. It's not much, but – and you want to talk about, you know, about that feeling of gratitude – well, believe me, it was there. And it reminded me of just how important it is, you know, to treat people, you know, you know, like family. Show them the same care and concern that they have for you. You know, I've, I've had a lot of people over the years, you know, help me out along the way. And... I've offered to, you know, to do something in return to, for them, and they wouldn't accept it. They wouldn't take it. Not that they, you know, they, they, they were being prideful. They just felt that they were doing what they did because they knew that, you know, there were times when I was in a bad way or, or in a bind. And they caught word through the grapevine. You know, like my present situation with my housing situation. You know, I've got a I've got a housing coordinator who work who's working with the owners so that I can be here an extra month, you know, because until I find a place, they're not going to they know that, that that going through eviction would be the would be a mistake because it would cost them all kinds of money. They also know that putting me out in the street would also be bad for business. So they're they're willing to work with me. I have a pastor who comes by here at least once or twice a month just to make sure I'm okay. Just to check on me, just to see if I'm okay. And I don't even attend his church. So it, it, whether it's family or, 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 or not, you know, we all look out for one another. We all try to help each other if we can. You know, um, Ron Reck, when he was having, when he was still with Blog Talk Radio, he was having problems, you know, with his show and everything. He couldn't do it. I told him, "Come over here. Come on, just bring your show to my sh- to my stuff. Bring it over here. You do it over here. You know." I didn't ask for anything in return. I don't want anything in return because that's, that's the way you, you do. That's what you do. You help somebody when, when they're running into a brick wall. And that's what I try to do. You know, I try to, I try to, I, I try to offer a venue so this way, you know, they're able to do what they do. You know? Especially if it's like like on a night that I'm not broadcasting, come on over use use my network. Feel free, you know. Just let me know if you're having trouble. Let me know and we'll we'll figure it out. We'll put it together. You know. 
I had a lady a few years back. I didn't ask her for this. She did it because she wanted to for Christmas. She gave me a, a, a $400 TV set. My TV was on the blink. So she had she ordered this TV and had it shipped to me. I didn't ask her for it. She just did it. You know? When you do something like that for someone, you know, it's like I said before, you show someone a kindness, that kindness will come back tenfold. And it may not be when you least it, it it'll be when you least expect it. You know? Now ultimately, you know, that person for whatever reason got upset, took over a Facebook chat room that I created and kicked everybody out of it with no explanation, no nothing. I was I was mad, yes. I I was upset with her over it. But I wanted her to explain to me why. I didn't, you know, I just wanted to know why she did what she did. Never found out. But that, you know, that's oh well. You know, some things happen. But at the same time too, I have to I have to remember that when I deal with someone who's messing with a member of my family, or someone I consider like family, do me a favor. Don't. Don't mess with that person. Because now you're pushing my buttons. That easy button that Staples used to make, remember those, uh, everybody? Well, guess what? You, want, you mess with somebody that, that I care about, or I, and I call a friend, don't piss me off doing that because I, I'll let you know in space how I feel about it. Yeah, I may get pissed off at people, and I may get angry. I may do a lot of yelling. But at the end of the day, people who truly know me will understand that I'm just letting off steam. There are times when I'll let off steam. And it's not aimed or directed at any one person. Or that person may just be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And they get they get their they, they they get an earful. And it happened the other night, for Christ's sake. I didn't want to yell at the guy. I didn't want to blow up at him. It just happened. And I do have a temper. And I will admit, I have a temper. And everyone that's ever called into my show over the years knows it. That's why they they just let it go. Actually, I had one one guy years ago, a friend of mine in my hometown. On the air, he, he laughed at me because I was angry. He said, George, you know, this is off the air when he talked to me about it. He says, George, you got a real problem with that temper of yours. But you know what? It Whatever, dude. If, if if blowing your stack lets off steam, 
then let off the steam. Just be sure to let people know you're not doing it to be personal. And that's the one side of, of, of the human psyche that most people don't get. Yeah, I, I, have a, I have a big problem with my temper, and I've tried for decades to deal with it. But people who don't know me as well as they think they do need to get to know me better. So this way they understand that, it's not, that if I blow up at you, it's not personal. It was never meant to be. Hell, I blew up a, a buddy of mine that I used to serve with. He showed up at my house unexpected. And I've always told people, if you're going to come over to my house, call me and let me know when you're coming over so this way, you know, I don't make plans to not, so I don't make plans and end up not being here when you show up. Well, this guy left a note on my door saying, I came over to see you and you weren't even fucking home. What the hell is that all about? And I had said this to the guy three days earlier. If you're going to come over, let me know so I can be there. Well, he didn't let me know. And I blew up at him. I said, what the fuck is wrong with you? Do you honestly think for one fucking minute that I'm going to sit home all the time? I got things I, I do in the daytime that are 12-step recovery-related. I don't always sit in my house. I'm not always here. When people call me on my cell phone, half the time I'm out and about in town. That's why they're cell phones. They're mobile. So, you know... But getting back to, to what we're talking about, basically, you know, if someone does something to someone you love and care about or to a very close friend that you have the deepest respect for, tell them in spades how you feel about it. By all means, let them know up front, hey, quit fucking with this person or you're going to piss me off. up to them whether they accept it or reject it you know oh boy so is everybody ready for tomorrow's fun with the with the impeachment trial Hello? Coming in loud and clear. I can hear you. Nobody by hell, but I can hear you. <laughs> well, I, well, I did ask a question. Is everybody ready for the impeachment trial? You mean the debacle, the uh, circus, the clowns? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> You know, the 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 one thing that that I found I keep finding interesting is how 
these Democrats are under the deep, misguided perception that they're going to get their way. I mean, uh, let's see here. Do I still have anything to? Yes, I do. Take a listen to this clip. I want to get everyone's opinion on, on this clip. Okay, this is Chuck Schumer talking. A trial where there's no evidence, no existing record, and no new evidence, no witnesses, no documents. That isn't a trial at all. It's a cover-up. And the American people will see it for exactly what it is. Furthermore, Senator McConnell's resolution states that key facts be delivered in the wee hours of the night simply because he doesn't want the American people to hear them. Plain and simple. And there's a provision that would even allow the limited 24 hours he's allowed over two days to be cut off. Third, Leader McConnell, third, Leader McConnell's resolution makes it much harder to get witnesses and documents after the arguments are heard. We will be able to force votes on witnesses and documents before his resolution is adopted tomorrow. And we will. But they have all said, so many of the senators, let's hear the arguments and then we'll decide on witnesses and documents. McConnell throws language in that makes that much harder to happen. And finally, the Clinton resolution allowed for dismissal only after arguments were heard. This resolution allows for dismissal at any time. So this resolution is, is totally departing from the Clinton resolution in significant ways, despite what Leader McConnell promised. And in the ways it departs, the evidence is less available, the evidence is given in the wee hours of the morning, and may never be produced at all. It is a cover-up. It is a national disgrace. Impeachment is one of the few powers that Congress has when a president overreaches. To so limit impeachment and often and make it so less serious is so, so wrong. We will fight that tooth and nail. We hope that four brave Republicans will resist McConnell's cover-up, will resist McConnell just going along with President Trump, who everyone knows doesn't want the truth to be heard, and that they will reverse this. The fate of honor in the Republic is on their shoulders. I'll take just a few questions, because i got to catch a train. What's hmm? going on here? I got... Uh, we, well, tomorrow, before the resolution is adopted, we will be able to introduce amendments, and we will introduce a whole series of amendments for witnesses, for documents, and other ways to straighten out what McConnell has done and make it a real trial with evidence, witnesses, and in ways that the American people can hear it. I don't think it, look, what makes it hard for Republicans to jump ship is their fear of President Trump. Many of them know how wrong President Trump's actions were, and many of them will see this and see it for what it is. 
McConnell promised over and over again, senators repeated over and over again, we're going to follow the Clinton model. This departs from the Clinton model in many very significant and very important ways in an effort to cover up. Tomorrow at this time, uh, we will be debating witnesses and evidence, uh, witnesses and documents on the floor of the Senate and the ability to allow them to be produced. Thank you, everybody. strange going on with these speakers tonight. They were working just a second ago. But uh, anyway, so what what do you make of Senator Schumer and his, and what he said? Um Stevie, how about you? Let me start with you on this. Did you hear the clip I played? No, I didn't. I was telling Mark about my day. Oh. Uh, all right. Um, Gunslinger, how about you? Well, I mean, everything he said is true. I mean, what what is he? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a total and complete disgrace to what they're doing. They know it. They know that the man didn't do anything, but they just... The rabid dogs, they they've done they've done lost their mind, but they're just gonna keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. It's just like a never-ending situation now. Uh, fuck the American people, you know. Let's forget about them. We're just gonna do what we want to do. These people, I've never seen anything like it. Wow, totally wild. <laughs> Go ahead. Hmm. Well, that's kind of putting it mildly. I mean, look, this media circus, and it's going to be a media circus. You know, the the the, the left leaning media is going to, um, they're going to to basically, you know, fuck with everybody, try and twist it and spin it. But I don't. I don't know. They're, they're talking something like 12, 13-hour days? Wow. That really makes no sense. Uh, 
you know? Nothing they do is making any sense. I mean, it's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, but this is this is the Senate trial itself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. They're talking 12, 13-hour days. Now, maybe it's my imagination, but if you're going to sit there and you're going to pull this kind of uh, stupidity, maybe you ought to consider how the American people are going to take to it. You know? Let's see here. If I can get this. Now, now, the majority leader, Mitch McConnell, laid out the rules regarding the Senate trial and how it's going to lay out. Now, if I can get the uh, get my email to open here, it takes a few. It takes a minute or so for it to actually do that. Come on, open, always when it's fin- when it's almost finished. Do I get anything from it? Oh, shit, I didn't send it to myself. Okay, well, there goes that idea. So, McConnell laid out the rules. All right? And what I'm trying to wrap my head around... Is just how this is going to, you know, how it's going to play out because everybody's talking about this resolution to dismiss. I can't find it now. That's not fair. Okay, so Mitch McConnell laid out the rules uh, for the, you know, the ground rules for the trial. Let's see here. There we go. Found him. Think. 
All right, so Senator McConnell repeatedly promised senators, the public and the press, that his rules for the trial would be the same as the rules for President Clinton's trial. Now, after reading his resolution, it's clear Senator McConnell is hell-bent on making it much more difficult to get witnesses and documents and intent on rushing the trial through. On something as important as impeachment, Senator McConnell's resolution is nothing short of a national disgrace. Now, this is coming from thehill.com. That's not what I was looking for. Okay. That's not what I was looking for. Here we go, Washington Times. Maybe that's got what I'm looking for. Okay. Come on, open sesame. Let's go here. Okay. House Democrats and President Trump will each get 24 hours to make their case during the impeachment trial that starts Tuesday. According to the rules proposed from Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. The 24 hours is the same amount of time that President Clinton was given in 1999, but the the arguments would be condensed into two days instead of the three in Mr. Clinton's impeachment trial. That suggests that that the arguments could make for long 12-hour days stretching past midnight The trial has been scheduled to start at 1 p.m. each day. After the arguments from both sides, senators will have 16 hours to submit written questions through Supreme Court Justice John G. Roberts, Jr., who will pose the questions to each side. A vote on whether or not to call witnesses will come after the senators submit the questions. A simple majority of 51 votes is required, with Republicans holding 53 seats. Senators are expected to vote on the proposed rules Tuesday afternoon. It is expected Democrats will reject some of the proposals as they have demanded more witness testimony for weeks. Senate Minority Leader Charles Schumer New York Democrat, said the proposed rules circulated by Mr. McConnell are a national disgrace. Senator McConnell's resolution stipulates that key facts be delivered in the wee hours of the night simply because he doesn't want the American people to hear them. Any senator that votes for the McConnell resolution will be voting to hide information and evidence from the American people, Mr. Schumer said. As soon as Senator McConnell offers this resolution, I will be offering amendments to address the many flaws in this deeply unfair proposal and to subpoena the witnesses and documents we have requested, he added. A House Democratic aide working on impeachment told reporters Monday 
it would be a sham to obscure Mr. Trump's impeachment trial by holding overnight arguments. The aide said Senate Republicans are trying to condense arguments to 12-hour days so they can conceal the president's conduct in the dark of night and prevent the American people from actually being able to see and hear all of the evidence or get the trial wrapped up before the State of the Union address scheduled for February 4th. Both of those reasons are complete shams. It undermines any sense of what a fair and just trial would be, and it is a disservice and discredit not only to the Senate, but to the American people, the aide added. Basically, the Democrats are, spew, are, are fuming because Senator Schumer, uh, excuse me, Senator McConnell, rather, is basically laying it out the way the Senate trial is going to operate, but they don't want it done the way the Senate wants it done. The Democrats want it their way. I mean, didn't they ha- didn't they get enough of their way in the in the Congress? Seems that way to me, don't it? Or is it just my imagination? Well, no, it's not your imagination. It's, it's, it, it, I don't know. I'm almost lost for words. I mean, it's they actually. Why can't they just dismiss this? They should. That's right. That would be the right thing to do because there's no evidence. Uh, it, it's crazy. Wow, wow, wow. Hey guys. Well, I watched earlier, yeah. and uh, I put it. I put it in a uh, in the FSN PO chat room. Um, Will Johnson live uh, from the uh, from Virginia from the the Second Amendment deal that was going on. And I'm gonna tell you, man, there is hope for this country. There was a member. Of the uh, Black Lives Matter that was there that was having an intelligent conversation with all kinds of different folks from all walks of life. There was several colored gentlemen. There was all different kinds of uh, races and nationalities and everybody that was standing around. I put a link in in the room, and it was live. It was a live video that that I was hoping that one of y'all would watch to just give us some hope, man. And they were even talking about and this is a this is a Black Lives Matter member of the 357 uh, registrant of whatever in Virginia. And man, they all want the same thing. Everybody wants the same thing. They want Americans to unite. They want to work on the differences. They they want to they want to have a better America. And they're not anti-Trump. And this guy was a Black Lives Matter like president of this. Division and was talking about, you know, I don't agree with everything he does, but damn, he's done some good things for everybody. And uh, if you can go back and find that link, and if you can't, I'll find it and I'll resend it to the man, dude. There was no, some I, beautiful I found it. stuff happening. There, there, dude, 
watch that whole thing. You don't have to rebroadcast it or whatever on your live show or whatever, but when you get a minute, George, go watch that and know that there is hope, man, and that the people are waking up. And that all this media shit that they're throwing out there and all the stuff we focus on night after night on, on this show and we worry about, I don't think we have quite as much to worry about as we think we do. Because I think the American people are waking up to this bullshit. That gave me so much hope today watching that. That's why I shared it. I was like, are you fucking get? You got a Black Lives Matter person there that was even saying, oh, my God. I came to this expecting there to be white supremacists and and all this drama and all this, this, that, and the other. And guess what? All I've seen is people that are very nice and very accommodating and and that listen and that are are hearing me out and that are, you know, you're right. And, hey, how do we fix this? And there's people that were armed to the T. If you look at the video, they were armed to the T, George, with their their AR-15s, and they were locked and loaded. And guess who wouldn't let them in? The governor of Virginia would not let them in a certain area, but they were all outside that area, armed and loaded legally, and the cops couldn't do a damn thing about it. Locked and loaded, could have fired. There wasn't a single incident that happened. There was no mass shootings. There was no nothing. There was nothing. Well, one thing is – That's hope, brother. That is hope on both sides. You're talking about a Black Lives Matter that the media has smeared them, and this guy even brought that up, that that the media has smeared them to be this hate group. They're not a hate group. They're not, and they see – they're seeing what's going on, man. People's eyes are opening. The more the Democrats keep pushing this shit and the more the fake media keeps pushing this shit, brother, with this impeachment – with all this, it's fixing to backfire so bad, these motherfuckers might not hold an office in the next 16 years. Well, I remember I was watching I was watching I was watching television earlier in the day. Uh, I was I was I was in town um, at this uh, at, at what's at what's called a sober club. And I was watching the news, and they were talking about how uh, CNN and MSNBC were saying that white nationalists and pro-gun activists were all gathered together. And I'm like, okay, first of all, how do you know there were white nationalists there? Okay. They were saying white supremacists were there. And I'm like, how do you know there were white supremacists there? Do you have any visible proof to back that statement up? And everybody that was gathered there, they were showing distance shots, many of these networks. They weren't showing a lot of close-ups. So when they were making those comments... They were saying it with a wide shot that showed the tops of people's heads. So how, how, do, how do they determine white supremacists were there and up, white nationalists George. were there? 
Exactly. They're making it up. You know it. You know it. You know it. I know it. Gunslinger knows it. Stevie knows it. Will Johnson knows it. Ben knows it. The Black Lives Matter president of that chapter that was there in Virginia knows it. The the everyday other black guy that you'll see in that video that was there, even the other white guys that almost at first I was like, oh shit, here's Antifa. I I I, I hate to judge, but I thought when they first came on they were, but they backed up. And they punted when they were called out, and everybody had an intelligent conversation like if everybody from every walk of life sat down in those streets and had – you're not going to see that on the mainstream media. And guess what? That's exactly what the American people deserve to see on the mainstream media is what I sent to that chat room of anything you could rebroadcast or push or show your your people that are listening – George, I swear to God, that's why I shared it. I don't share very much in there. I don't. I don't for a reason. I don't for a reason. But I shared that because that video, that live video, that hour video, however long it is, man, if you can get that out to your listeners and let them see, I honestly, sincerely believe that it's going to open so many eyes that we're not as divided as we think we are. Or as the media portrays that we are. See, that's the one thing that the media wants. Honestly, I've got – listen, I've honestly got so much going on in my personal life. It's the only reason I called in tonight was I wanted you to watch that, even if it's not tonight, if it's tomorrow, if it's the next day. No, I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Oh, definitely. Because uh, it's about an hour and, I think, an hour and 14 minutes long. Let me see here. I have it open right now. It's about an hour and 11 minutes long. Well, you got to understand, too, you know, those people outside wearing all the guns, the cops were outnumbered. I hear it was like 22,000 people, something, 23,000 people, okay, and 98% of them had guns. The fucking goddamn cops were outnumbered, okay? They didn't dare do anything. I mean, think about it. There was only probably, what, maybe 100 cops or something, 22,000 people heavily armed. That's what I like to see. That's what the people needs to do. Send fear into these some bitches, okay? Better watch your P's and Q's because we're out here in numbers. See what I mean? A armed society is a polite society. Remember? One of the things, gunslinger, I think that uh, people tend to forget is, and you're gonna have to go back and listen to to the beginning of this show when I did my talking points. I talked about how the how the Second Amendment is is broken up into two. You break it up into two parts, and you can pretty much it's common sense the way you break it down. You don't have to be a constitutional authority to know to know how to break it down. It's easy as pie. When it says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, who's the militia? The militia is we the people. 
okay? The right of the people to keep in their arms shall not be infringed. What does that mean? That means that you, you that no law can supersede the Second Amendment. Any law like the, and I'll use the New York Safe Act as a prime example, anything like the New York Safe Act or what Virginia is trying to pull is unconstitutional. But I think Mike, is, Mike has said this uh, a few times. You know, they, they, they have to, they do this stuff to push the envelope to see what they can get away with, to see what, will, what, what they can throw at the wall and see if it'll stick. Well, so far, the SAFE Act has been around since 2013. Here it is, 2020, seven years. And like I said in my talking points, a lot of these, these pro-gun groups, you know, like, that are like the NRA and the NRA especially, need to step up to the plate. And, you know, if it's, a, if it's an issue about money, well, they can, they can start a GoFundMe account. They can, do, they can use PayPal for donations. Do whatever it takes to raise money to fight the good fight. I don't understand why they don't try that, in all honesty. You know, these laws are made to go against the legal gun owners, you and I. They're not made to fight the criminals. Why do you think they're called criminals? Because they don't obey the law. You could write as many gun control laws as you want, but at the end of the day, the only people they're hurting are you and I. Criminals don't give a fuck. If they want magazines that are high capacity with high capacity ammo and all this other good shit if they want if they want 15 rounds 30 rounds you name it they're going to they're going to have it okay they're going to get it i mean how many times have i said gunslinger on this show there are there are gun sales that go on every single day in the back alleys and street and side streets of our country in major metropolitan cities where people go and buy illegal handguns and all other forms of weapon. What happened in Virginia today, everybody and their brother in the mainstream media was saying how it's going to it's go it's going it's there's gonna be violence in the streets, it's gonna to lead to this, it's gonna do that, blah blah blah. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. I mean, hell. If the 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 worst if the worst thing that happens is some Greek guy walks up, walks into the middle of the street carrying a, carrying an AR-15 and says, "Anybody want shish kebab?" <laughs> I think. We, I think we'd be like, uh, okay. 
Speaking of Greeks, we got Mike on the line. How you doing, George? I don't know. I try not to know because the less I know, the better. I can't stay long. I got two different things working at the same time, working downstairs and upstairs. I don't want to work a fucking head on me. But but one thing I wanted to show you was uh, MSNBC. um, Did you see their article they put in? And they, they pulled it. Their reporter came out on MSNBC and said that everybody that showed up there, that it was a white nationalist rally. White nationalists. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're okay. Well, anyway, then everything, everybody jumped on them. All the other media said, what the fuck are you talking about? And then look at this that I'm putting in here, this video. So whenever anyone here, Gunsling or anybody sees, um, anybody sees that MSN or anybody, any of the liberals start saying, they were all white people and everything else. Look at that video. Never mind. I don't know who put the article up, but the video is interesting. The guy, the guy even says it. He says, "I don't know what they're talking about. This isn't a racist issue. This is a racial issue. This is a Second Amendment issue." And the media is full of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Look at us. The blacks or Asians or Sarge even said it. There were a whole bunch of people from all over the place, but the media was desperate, and also they downplayed it. Did you see what uh, that senator said on how many people? Uh, okay. Let's see here. Okay, there's a estimated at around eighteen thousand people. Uh, yeah, no. Press okay, coverage here's... ahead of ahead of and during the rally focused heavily on the supposed threat of violent white supremacy posed by the crowd, which was estimated to number eighteen thousand. Okay, now that's media <laughs> bullshit. Okay, now see the other link that I put in there? I found the MSNBC one from Free Beacon, Beacon, whatever, bitching about it. See it? Now that embarrasses them right there. So everything so far that they're opening their mouths about is getting slammed in the face. Now here's a state senator that posted on her Facebook. Look at this. And read what she says. She posted this 11 hours ago. She was there. And if you look at her page, she even slams the other politicians in Virginia that didn't have the balls to go to that event. She said it's a shame where you could be there for your constituents. They were afraid and they stayed home. She said afraid of what? Guns? But that article right there, she's saying that over 50,000. Look at the pictures. The media mm-hmm. I'm seeing it. The media doesn't want that. Set. Now, it's coming from a senator. What What can they do? Well, we can rewrite it, and, and if we keep saying it loud enough and everything, then everybody will believe what we say. No, it wasn't. It was more than that. Shut up. I was hoping and figuring for somewhere around 25,000. Even better, 50,000. That's double what I was guessing at. That's something, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm gearing up to uh, show the show the stuff to show these pictures on uh, the video feed. <clears throat> also, did you see the pictures? The end result, what the bottom line was after 
The event was held. No, I was I was busy in town this uh, today taking care of some needed business. So I didn't see a lot of news coverage, but I saw a couple of things that uh, uh, you know where where the media got slammed. Both CNN and MSNBC over their over their white nationalist white supremacist bullshit. So I did see some of that. Now, now, folks. I want to send another link for you. Those of you who are watching the video feed, this these are pictures uh, from Virginia. Look at the crowd in out there. Now, answer me one question: Can you tell by looking at this picture, or even this picture? Who are the white nationalists? Who are the white supremacists? Can anybody tell through these pictures? Let me go back to the first one. Okay. I believe that's the state capitol, is it not? The capitol building there? Yeah. And I can't tell, but apparently MSNBC can tell. CNN can tell. Let me show the second picture. Again. I can't tell. So all this media bullshit is just that. Outright lying bullshit. And now what the media is doing is they don't want to talk about this. Very few of them are talking about this article. That's why I had to find it from a Mutt and Jeff uh, web. Well, no offense to them. A small media outlet. That article right there, and I'm going to post a picture so you can see a recent picture of after the event was held. There are other pictures, too, showing everybody. Look at this. Our side, the protesters cleaned the whole fucking place up. They didn't leave shit. So this way the liberals can't bitch, can't say a fucking word. Good for them. That's a class act. Wow. Groups yeah. picking up the picking up trash off the road after the rally is over. Yeah. No, that's that's cool because you know they don't want to leave litter all over the place and I don't blame them. And look at the pictures in the article above. Look at the other ones from the other liberal fucking environmental protests that they've had. Look what they leave behind. Perfect spotless. Look at that big picture I put up. I see that. That is nice. Yeah. They came. They did what they said. They did what they said they would do. They were peaceful up. about it and cleaned up. I mean, it's spotless. But the media won't show this stuff. No, they won't. 
Washington Examiner put one article out about it. They said that a birthday present for Ralph Northam, protesters cleaned garbage off the street following the rally. So some of them aren't mentioning it, but the other ones don't want to fucking talk about it. They just, and it's very limited. You know, the article is like, you go to read about the article, and what do the articles do? Typical, you know, typical media stuff. Northam, a Democrat, is a, de- is a governor with the Commonwealth, and his support for a series of restrictive, we don't want to hear about that. Tell us about the main fucking thing in it. I don't want just three sentences about it. But they can't help themselves. Of course they can't help themselves about it, Mike. I mean, they they have to sensationalize shit. Yeah. Here, I'll just like to hear it as I just put the link in. I'll mention the one thing, but then once we have their attention, then we'll change the subject and start discussing something else. Okay. Waste of fucking time reading all this bullshit, these assholes. There's a local WTRV. Gun advocates pick up trash, protest peacefully. We want to show an example. Thousands descended upon, okay, assailing and encourage them. Yeah, all right. Yeah, they don't show any pictures of it, though. We want to show an example to everyone else, this guy explained. This is how you protest peacefully. You know, they, what are they going to do? Liberals haven't, so a lot of the, I was listening to WABC talk radio this morning, mm-hmm. and they said nothing about it. They only mentioned it in the pre recorded, you know, the, and now for the news at 12 noon, and now for the news, they, they wouldn't, regular talk show, they, you figure they'd mention it, discuss it, not a fucking word. Instead, they were talking about impeach, 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 and the impeach, and the investigation, and all the testimony, and I, well, where the fuck is what's going on? You've got thousands descending on a, on a city. Why aren't you talking about this right now? Why are we talking about... They don't want to talk about it. No, but the media made a big stink about it being about the about their about possible violence and all this other stuff, and then when they didn't get the, when they didn't get what they said would happen, yeah. what happened? They went mum. They were the silence was deafening. Now there was an article that was funny as hell. Go to the Westchester gun owner page. It's the top post pinned to the very top. It's pretty funny because that. It's, I mean, it's a satire, obviously. It's the B. What do they call that B? The Babylon B? Babylon B. It's a joke, but it's not a fucking joke. It's really how the media and the liberals think. So they had my bits right in with it, and some of the liberals were offended by it. Other people were laughing. They said, you know what? It's right. They're right. Go to the Westerson page. You're going to like it. I thought it was funny. Uh, I'm on my way there now. Trying to get there as quick as I can. Uh, Let me see here. 
Media offers thoughts and prayers that someone would start some violence at gun rally at gun rights rally. Yeah. Uh, he offers thoughts and prayers they were hoping for violence no he wouldn't how dare you say that yes you were that's how you are you're media you're dirtbags that's how you are you were hoping that someone got killed it would give you headlines who are you kidding How dare you? Where's Greta? We need Greta to yell, how dare you? should have an audio clip of the button you can push. How dare you? (laughs) Yeah, kind of like the easy button from Stables. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? That'd be perfect. Somebody should make one of those. Yeah, right? It'd be be so cool. Well, even just just having the clip of how dare you and, and, and just Put it on a loop. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Oh boy! Yeah. Now an interesting, an interesting page is that senator from Virginia. I hope she. I hope that's not the last we hear from her. I'd like to see her run for governor of Virginia. You read through her page and some of the things from the the clip that I gave you. Read, click on her name for Facebook. Holy shit, she was in the middle of it, man. She was everywhere. She was right there in the protest, shaking people's hands and talking with people. She's making a push right now. She wants the governor to to step down, to resign because of what he did and the problems that he's created now. He's not going to. But she's pushing, and there were petitions circulating. One I heard said that they got over 100,000 signatures. Another one said 70,000. I don't know how many they got. But I don't know how many would count because probably a lot of the people that sign them probably aren't from Virginia. And also, I don't know if Virginia has the option of, you know, recalling um, elected officials the way some states can. You know, we can't do it here in New York. I think California can do it. I think. Was it California or Washington? I forgot. Well, the the the, the most recent the most recent post after that is dates back to May <coughs> that I'm seeing. Do you see some of the posts on there? She's got a lot of stuff on there. Uh, I see the one that she posted 11 hours ago. Yeah. You know, with the rally pictures, a whole slew of comments. Yeah. And then right after the comments is May 8th, 2019. Okay, did you click like the page? Maybe it doesn't show up unless you like the page. Let's see. Well, I liked her page. Now I'm going to refresh it just in case. Oh, there's one. There's there's a bunch of. Them. I don't know what page you have. I'll show you this type right here. All right. 
There's the one that said the liberal agenda woke up a silent giant. That's from 11 hours ago. And after that, 13 hours ago, speech given at the Capitol steps. Okay, because the only thing I'm seeing after the eleven after eleven hours ago about the sleeping giant, yeah, because that, that was eleven hours ten, ago, and then ten hours ago, the biggest losers here are the Richmond in, at the Richmond Capitol today were the legislators that stayed home, with tens of thousands of constituents showing up. They stayed home. Why? Home because they were scared of guns? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Pathetic. That's okay. all I can say. I see what happens. The May the May ninth post is a, is pinned. That's why it came up before the others. Oh. Yeah, the biggest losers here at the Richmond Capitol today were the legislators that stayed home. Right? Okay. Speech given at the Capitol steps. Virginians, the Constitution grants us the freedom under the uh, Amendment One of the Constitution, which says the right of the people to peaceably assemble. And today we are exercising that very peaceably. She was on a radio show, it says, John Frederick's radio show. I don't know who that is. It says, click on this and you can get it live now. I guess I get a clip of her being interviewed on the radio show. That'd be, it'd be interesting to get her on a radio show. Wow. Well, yeah, I, I think down. this. I, I think she should. I think she should. I think she should go for the uh, for the she governor's job. Go. I agree. Yeah, she, yeah, I agree. Eighteen hours ago, she said. She said, "I'm for women's rights, your Second Amendment rights, and your constitutional rights. So help me God." Oh. Senator Chase, I hope you run for governor. I really do. I hope you run for the governor's job because people want him gone. I know. Well, George, I just want to share that stuff with you before you left, before I get back to it, because I get on top of it, I'm doing laundry. My household night. (laughs) Shit. Mm. But I had a whole bunch of stuff loaned out to one place, you know, artifacts, and uh, they sent me a message and wanted me to come today and pick them up. So I had to come and pick up a lot of display heavy equipment, you know what I mean, that I had Mm. on display. Not the one in Carmel, a different place like that. And uh, filled up the car and, and, you know, and and then I had visitors of, a friend of mine came up here with a, a lieutenant from the NYPD, and he brought his kids with him. They wanted to see the collection, and uh, that was interesting. Except for the youngest one. But you know what? A, a seven- or eight-year-old doesn't get it. And so, yeah, they're going to lose interest because they get bored fast. He's seven, eight years old. What do they know? But they don't, you know. I'm, I'm sure if I handed him a like a, a Switch, a Nintendo Switch or something, he would have been happy. But I even asked. He asked, can I play the pinball? Yeah, it wasn't into the history. They don't know yet. You know, the other kids were interested and stuff. So, but uh, so that's why I've been working, cleaning up the, and resorting and reorganizing the the collection room. And it's kind of cool. This getting old stuff is really neat because you forget shit. And then I'm finding stuff going, oh, fuck. 
fuck, I didn't know I had one of those, and I just bit on another one. Why did I bit on another one? I already got, god damn it. It's like finding treasures. It's like I already got that. Why did I, fuck, I forgot all about this shit. Man, not that Alzheimer's is a good thing, but it's entertaining. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I mean, I took, as you as you may remember, I took care of my mother who had Alzheimer's, and yeah. for the caregiver, it's no fun. Oh, but cleaning up, you know, or reorganizing the collection room, I was finding stuff that I really, literally forgot about that was in there, and then vacuuming. And Max does not like Mister Hoover. He really doesn't. He's not impressed. But then again, I chased him with the hose, and he didn't like that either. He fucking, you know, he... Now, why would you do that to poor Max? Well, because I mean, the hose was big enough. I found out that the hose fits on his nose. So I said, come here. And he didn't, he wasn't impressed. But it was great fun for the family. It was, yeah, it was, it was entertaining. But now, plus I was, oh, and what? he was standing there looking at me while I was vacuuming. I said, you wonder what this is here? What? That was it. He was gone. <laughs> Sucked the breath right out of you, didn't it? Come here, Max. Yeah. All right, so let me get back to work. I just dropped in to say hi, and I'll talk to you tomorrow about uh, we'll set up for what time coming down for the thing. And uh, and they made an agreement. Uh, they get the plaque. They voted on. We voted on that already. Uh, Sunday night, uh, the board of directors for the plaque for the judge. Mm. And so now they they cut the check, and we're going to get a bronze plaque made for the courthouse. You know, which is nice. So that's going to finally get done. That was all settled. They got the money back from that ripoff outfit down in Florida. Oh, they, so they were able to get the money back. Good. Oh, yeah. Got it all back. And Steve even told them, we wanted $200 additional for the grief and interest and the games, and, and they, they paid it. Wow. Yeah. Well, they don't want bad publicity, that's for sure. And we were afraid of the police because it turned out that there were other com- com- other people, including somebody in Canada, that they ripped off and did the same shit to. That could be a problem for them through the federal government, you know, with yeah, trade. I think, you know. I think, yeah, I think so. It's got to be now you're you're getting into fraud across borders. It's not good. Yeah, well, at least at least at least the, the group got the money back. That's what counts. Yeah, that's true. So, all right, I well, covered a lot of quick stuff and interesting, though. Huh? Yeah, but it exposes the media. It exposes the media, the games, outright fucking bullshit in the media again every time. They don't understand how easy it is for somebody just in a couple of clicks and a little bit of research to catch them lying. They don't care. It's nuts. They don't, they care. don't care because they figure we're all we're all stupid. We're yeah. all completely out in left field. They yeah. figure 
we don't know what we're doing. Nope. So they have to educate us. Yeah, right. All I can say is the media, you know, they're good for a joke. That's all they're good for because they are a joke. Plain and simple, they're a fucking joke. Wow. All right. I'll talk to you later on. Let me run. All right, later, Mike. All right, bud. All right. Well, I'm pulling the plug on this puppy. Time to call it a night. Anyway, as the old saying goes, it's over when it's over. So, thanks to uh, Stevie, Mark, and Gunslinger for joining me. Okay, so catch you we later. Are going, we are out of here. Until next time, people. Y'all be good, and if you can't be good, be careful. If you can't be careful, please, for the love of God, don't name it after me. I'm George Sinzer for the comments I've made. That's the way it is from my perspective. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. Firefox News Online is a production of Firefox News Online Productions. Any rebroadcast, transcript, either in whole or in part, without the express written permission of Firefox News Online Productions and its owner, George Sinzer, is expressly forbidden, copyright 2020, all rights reserved. If you have any stories or topic ideas, you can write to WeReport at FirefoxNewsOnline.com. That's WeReport at FirefoxNewsOnline.com. And if you have any comments, send those as well. Write to comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. Be sure to check facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. That's facebook.com slash FFNOIBN for the links to the live broadcasts during the week. Thanks for tuning in once again. Be sure to join us for the next edition of Firefox News Online over most of these Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Networks. So let it be written. So let it be done.